Hey everyone, welcome to Business Access by TD Image. My name is Diego D'Souza and I'm excited to have Eileen McDar today. <laughs> did I pronounce that right? That's gorgeous. That's great. You did a good job. <laughs> Thank you so much. How are you? I'm, you know what? I'm good. We're healthy. Uh, we're strong. I've got my routine down and I'm using this opportunity to actually learn all kinds of new things that I don't, normally don't have time to do in my traditional work day. So um, as much as possible, we're good. We're good. There you go. That's uh, You have to keep moving forward. That's one of the things that I uh, like constantly keep talking about to everybody that comes on is that you just have to get that mindset and keep moving forward. And the yeah. cool thing about you is that one of the biggest topic that you talk about is human energy. Correct. So how did you, did you get to that point? How did you create this element of human energy? Well, let me backtrack for a second. My organization is called the Resiliency Group. Mm -hmm. And I became fascinated 19 years ago in this topic of resilience, uh, frankly, because of 9-11. And how is it that we as a people, we as a nation move through this? And the more I looked at this notion of resiliency, the more I realized that what resiliency is, is it's not about bouncing back, which is what everybody says. Everybody. It's going back, bouncing back. I'm going, no, 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 no. Resiliency is not about going back. That's great if you're a willow tree, but it's not if you're a human being. There's no such thing as going back. You and I cannot go back to yesterday. Yes. We can only we can only either stay stuck here or really what it is is just growing forward. And in order to grow, think about this. In order to grow, it takes energy to grow. And so to me, resiliency is about energy management. How do I have the mental, emotional, physical hardiness, the energy that allows me to grow through both challenge, like what we're going through right now, or opportunity? And if you think about it, energy at its base level is the capacity to do work. So this notion of human energy, uh, and I, actually that's kind of the tagline on our website, it says um, the, the, the best renewable energy resource is human energy. So my question for myself, for my clients, for my audiences is what is it that I do that can give me energy or what are the things that deplete my energy, my resources? Um, so that's kind of it in a ass nutshell. <laughs> this is incredible because I think you literally need to have the energy that you have because you're a keynote speaker, you're a facilitator, you're a consultant, you're an executive coach, and you're a moderator. And what else do you do? <laughs> right? I write. I have, uh, I've written six books. The seventh one comes out this August 4th uh, through Barrett Kohler Publisher. It's actually already up on Amazon for pre-publication. And it's called Burnout to Breakthrough. Building resilience to refuel, recharge, and reclaim what matters. Well, well, I think I am. I'm back in school learning how to become better because <laughs> that just sounded incredible. So, thank you. I, I, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna tell people about those books again because they just sound incredible. But I want to go back thank to you. human energy. How okay. does someone? tap into that? How does someone tap into the human energy and, and find that goal? Well, again, I'm going to go backwards in saying that we have to figure out 
what is it that takes our energy away? Mm-hmm. And I think it has to do first with our head, our brain, what we're thinking, and then what we're feeling, and then what we're doing. So think of it as head, heart, hand, head, heart, hand. And so oftentimes, and we all do this, our head talks to us, our brain talks to us all the time. We're not even aware of what it's saying. But a lot of the things that our brain says to us, particularly in challenging times like this, is it, it goes to a place of survival. And when it's in a place of survival, it's also looking at, oh my God, oh my God, what can, what, what, what can happen next? And we get to a place, this is where this, let's face it, we get to this place of panic. I mean, whoever heard of hoarding toilet paper? Like, give me a break. <laughs> but that, I, that came, Diego, because people's brains said, oh my God, oh my God, this is bad, this is bad, quick, what are I? So we're going to hoard toilet paper. And it's that kind of irrational thinking, which frankly is part of our survival mechanism. So in order to look at our energy capacity, it really is saying, what the heck is my brain telling to me? Is this true? Can I, is there a more powerful way of thinking? Um, And so to me, the first, the, the greatest skill and first is adaptability, is the ability to look at multiple ways, first and foremost, of thinking about what's going on. So when you asked me this morning and you said, how are you doing? I could have said, life sucks. It's terrible. My work disappeared because we're not holding meetings. We're going to be doing virtual kind of things, which is just great. But I want to focus on what is it that's going on for me right now, for my family, that is that is positive. Now, here's the other question that often is asked is can, wait a minute, isn't resilience, wait, 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 that's when you got the, the stress and the cortisol, which takes your, you know, hijacks your brain and does all kinds of crazy stuff. So maybe, maybe resilience is, it's hardwired. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that it's not. And that you and I have the capacity to constantly rewire our brains to create new pathways that allow us to think and therefore respond in different ways. So the first thing when you said about what do I do with human energy is is to really slow down and saying, what the heck am I saying to myself? And and by the way, resiliency is also a muscle. And so just like we get energy, like today, because I knew we were having this early morning call for me at 7.30 out in California. I got up at five o'clock. I did a one mile run just so that I could put some energy in my body and therefore in my brain so I could be ready to talk to you. So just like you do that to your muscle, your physical muscle in your body, now you say, what are the things that I can do and begin to practice? I didn't start running a mile today. I had to be, and I normally run about five or six, but you practice. So this notion of developing human energy is what are the practices that are powerful that I can begin to work on if I'm not already doing that. And so because my field is the field of communication, just as yours is, one of the things I think we can practice with is what are the What are the words that we use when we think and when we speak? And one of the most powerful words is the word choose versus have to. Wow. I mean, think about that. You know, when you decided to create your company, you didn't say, I have to do this. 
You said, you know what? I'm a people person. I'm going to choose to create an organization that allows me to have more contact with people. So if I say I am choosing to shelter in place, that means it's not a government that's making me do this. I am choosing to do this. So therefore, I'm more in command of my life than saying somebody else is forcing me. I could also choose not to. I could choose not to wear a mask. I could choose to do a lot of things. My choice is what will make me and my family safer so yeah. that's the first thing and watch watch how easily we say have to have to have to have to have to i have to go to the store no you don't you're choosing to well i i have to go talk to this client um no i'm choosing to talk to this client and as i talk to you out loud please know i'm talking out loud to myself this is <laughs> i gotta <laughs> practice this stuff so my choice was to say, yes, when you asked, could I do this interview? This was my choice. I could also have chosen to say, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't want to get up at five in the morning, which is not true. I do. I choose to get up early. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. It's just, first of all, I bow to you for getting up at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, and I thank you so much for saying yes. <laughs> but it's so true. I think it's so incredible when people go back and think inwards to start to make choices. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I've had I've had to make a lot of choices in my life to make sure that I kept moving forward. And mm -hmm. to make that choice, it's something different. Um, I had to make a choice to do what I love instead of following a a routine mm. that people decided say, decided to say, oh, that's not uh, valuable. This is valuable. And when oh. I choose to do, and when I chose to do what I love, that became valuable to me. And it, a, a value so grand because I made this choice that now I'm one of those people that can say that I literally don't work a day in my life because mm. I, I chose what I love and choosing this makes me feel like I'm never working. It doesn't matter if I have long days that choice, that choice actually goes back into saying that it gave me a type of human energy that allows me to invest in every day and choose to get up at five in the morning, choose the positive things, choose the great things that happen for my business. I, now, if we were doing a video call, you would see that I'm grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> because, and I'll tell you why, you said a critical component that to me, is one of the hallmarks of resilience is that you looked at your life and you said, what is it that brings me joy? It's not just what puts money on the table. Right. It's what is it that brings me joy? And in my book that's coming out in August, it, the burnout to breakthrough, it is to build resilience, to refuel, recharge and reclaim what matters. And what you just said is what mattered to you is how what is it that brings me joy? And so when we are sheltered in place, when we are working in our respective businesses and industries, I think this is actually a great time to say, what is it that really brings me joy here. Now, it might not be something that puts, you know, this part of the paycheck, but maybe there is something here that when I do this, there is a feeling of fulfillment. 
there is a feeling of happiness. It could be everything from baking the lemon cake in the kitchen to um, teaching your child how to how to play the piano or maybe even playing the piano yourself or discovering, you know, when this moves forward and it will, I'm going to choose to ask to play a different role in my organization because it's always intrigued me. I think I would find joy there. Yeah. And that's critical. It's um, and not only joy, but meaning. Yes. Exactly. And the, the, to have a meaningful part is another thing that allows you that allows you to keep on. When I think of these incredible men and women who are on the first line, you know, who are facing day after day, the pain, the agony, the death, often which they can do nothing about. And yet they continue to go back. Yeah. They do that because it's bigger than them. Yes. Now, at some point in time, they're going to have to. I shouldn't say they're going to have to. They might choose. See, I got to. See, I got to. They <laughs> might choose to step back, to breathe, to regroup before they go back again. But I don't think, in my estimation of the men and women that I've met within the healthcare professions, and I do a lot in the, in on the healthcare side and hospitals and nursing, that it's it really is a choice point for what brings them satisfaction, just like what you're doing with your work brings yeah. you a sense of joy. It's, it's just amazing what they're doing. I, I, I can't bow low enough to them. Oh. And, and, and like they're literally, they chose exactly what you said. They chose to put their life on the line to save others. And they don't, the thing that people don't understand is that they don't think twice about it. They are there every morning when they have to be and they leave yeah. when they when they can leave. Not when they want to yeah. leave, when they can leave. It, yeah. And it's just it's just a whole different level. And and it's just inspired me. Just after every day, all you see in the news is all the things that are, are, are taking us down, all the things that are trying to hurt us, harm us with, with the COVID-19, all the things that are happening to people explaining that businesses are closing and stuff. When I see the what the doctors are doing, it mm-hmm. just says there's that energy, there's that human energy right there inside of people, and people just need to tap yeah. into that. They need yeah. to find that. Um, yeah. I want to use human energy. Mm-hmm. To go into um, how does – there's a lot of businesses right th- right now having a hard time. They're having a hard time right. um, as CEOs, as executives, and also at, uh, yeah. employees are having a hard time. So what are some tips that you can give to them um, that are holding together a company and also the people within the company to have that human, human energy? Okay. Um, I th- – <laughs> I just read a report, a uh, human resource report, and um, right now his name is skipping my head, so pardon me for that. But basically, I thought this was interesting. He was saying that in this world now of, of virtual work, of remote workplaces, that whatever, whatever method they are using to get feedback, they're determining that this level of employee engagement is actually increasing. Now that sounds really crazy. I mean, how, how how can that be? You know, they're all separated. And what they're picking up on is what good leaders 
CEOs, whatever, CIOs, CTOs, whatever you want to call it, is that it is asking them to reach out and connect with that remote workplace in a way that is human. And by that, I mean, you think about it, if you're sitting in, you know, you're sitting in your office and everybody's separated and, you know, the email comes across. I mean, I've, I've talked to people who they've never seen the person that they work for. All they get are texts or emails. They've never even seen them, you know, do this, do this, do this. You know, it's all, it's all um, producti- productivity and process oriented. Whereas now the really smart leader is checking in with his or her team and saying, how are you doing? What, 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 just tell me what the day of your life is like. Um, Are you identifying some of the things? This is a really good question, by the way, to help organizations move out of this. What are the, some of the things that you might be doing under the category of work that now you're realizing, you know, this is really a stupid thing to do. Why are we doing this? This doesn't make any sense. I mean, there's so much that is built in business that has absolutely zero value, (laughs) but it's, but it's, 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 it's the way we've always done it. I mean, you see that all the time. And so when we move away from that quote, what was the normal workday world, you begin to identify new creative ways of, of, of doing things. And so I think the really good leader to create energy, energy comes from making a meaningful connection on a human side that gives people, God, they care about me. Hey, they want to hear about my ideas. Hey, she wants to know how my, how my day is doing. And thanks to the marvels of technology, whatever platform you use, Zoom is the platform that, that I use. I mean, I can literally look at, say, 12 people, 20 people, and we can have conversations with each other. The other thing that I think is interesting is that because we are homebound, I see more of people's full lives than I do when they're sitting behind a desk at the office. So like if you and I were doing a Zoom call right now, you know, I'm sitting in my my home office, which I love, but you'd be able you would be able to see the pictures of my kids. You'd be able to see the books that I'm reading. You'd be able to see a plaque on the wall. You'd be able to see a crucifix. You'd be able to see a picture of butterfly. You would have a different picture of me than what you would have if I was just in a traditional office environment. Um, I was fascinated the other night. Um, it, Disney did this thing. It was called Volume Two: The Disney Sing Along. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you? Did you? I, I don't know why that was. I just couldn't find something. I wanted something that was upbeat. I don't want to look at any. I just wanted upbeat. Yes. And Ryan Seacrest was hosting it. He was in his kitchen. So here he is in his kitchen, and you see this guy leaning over, you know, on the kitchen counter talking. And then when they would have these different stars singing sing-alongs from the wonderful Disney animated films, they were in their own home environment singing along with the animated characters. And it gave you a different picture of those people. Uh, And it just made me just smile. And I thought they were being very creative 
yeah. about how they were presenting this. So the ability to, to tap into your work team and, and ask for their creativity. How, there are ideas out there that we don't even know about. And this is giving a leader an opportunity to say, let's talk about this because no one person has all the answers for how we move through this. Yes. Wow. That's so incredible. It's just thinking about that is one of the biggest things that I always combat is uh, thinking numbers instead of people. I think today uh -huh. a lot of businesses have an issue of thinking numbers and not people. Yeah. And just seeing, uh, hearing you uh, talk about that, how it personalizes a person that was just one employee to one person. Um, seeing that person in their home background, it gives it gives them life. There's a life there uh, yeah. that's working for your company. And I think that is yeah. so vital uh, for a business to understand that, to understand uh, who are fighting for them as they're fighting for that person. Um, yeah. And wow, that's just so, I wish I watched that with Disney. I love Disney. It was, I was just, I was just, I was fascinated. Um, and normally I'm not a television watcher. I'm a, I'm a book reader, but I, you know, it's something that we, that we kind of, that we share. And I'm just, I'm fascinated by the way organizations, uh, and in this case, looking at, you know, it is their organization are responding. They were also, I mean, look at the ads that you're seeing now, uh, in, in the newspapers or on television, and they now are they—they are purposely saying thank you to the first to the first line responders. They're talking about you know stay safe. That so they've taken it, it. It's not it's not by my product. It's we're in this together. If you're really yeah. smart, you're going to say as an organization, we're in this together. Where did I just see? Um, one of the companies out of San Francisco just donated a million dollars for food banks in San Francisco for the homeless. That's, that's it's amazing. Not, don't put it in my CEO. Don't worry about the CEO's pocket. What do we do as a community? So I think that's another thing that businesses, if they have the, if they have the wherewithal and the opportunity is what is it that you can do that brings together your larger community in which you do your business that says, we, we're in this, wow, yeah. we're in this together. That's, that, that's so true. It goes back, using a, a Disney terminology is the circle of life. And, and <laughs> businesses are understanding that, wow, I might be a big company, but without my clientele, I'm nothing. Without yeah. these employees functioning at optimal level and how they function daily, I'm nothing. And it's yeah. so important important for that circle to be fed and work well. Wow. So let me ask you this. What are some good tips that you can give to a business owner or a professional right now to help them get through this COVID-19 and, and think forward and think with that human energy? Well, let's... I think that there's a, first off, you can't lead others if you're not leading yourself. So to me, the first place where everyone has to start, I don't care whether you're the CEO or whether you're someone who's on the, you know, whatever front line, that number one, you've got to have a routine for yourself. 
Yes. Uh, and by a routine, because that's what we do when we work. You know, we get up, we have a routine, we do this. So when you are in, quote, a home environment, as much as possible, create that routine. So, for example, my routine, and I do get up early. Um, and sometimes it is as early. I did a program for um, hoteliers in Dubai, which I had to be on on a video call at four in the morning <laughs> to get up early. But for me, it is waking early. I am an early morning riser, meditation, exercise, and then a healthy breakfast, and then I'm ready to go. Um, so whoever is listening to this, what kind of routine can you create for yourself? And I think it goes with the body, the mind, and the spirit. So what do I do for my spirit? What is it that I do with my mind? What do I do with my body? And then create a place as much as, as you can that is your workspace because you are also going to want to leave that workspace. You can't work. There's a tendency to overwork when we're at home because you're surrounded now by everything. Yeah. Which you would think that would be the exact opposite, you know, that people said, oh, my God, I get so much work when I'm in the office. But actually, we, we, we take breaks. We talk to colleagues. You know, we, that there's different things that are you're going into meetings. You see people. Well, now we don't have that. So you want to create as much as possible a routine, a place that is even if it's a corner of the dining room table, um, that's your work. Uh, actually, I would suggest not the dining room table because <laughs> that's the place where you're going to bring back the family to eat. <laughs> so you also want to master your time with a daily schedule. And by a daily schedule is, be, you know, give yourself regular breaks. And as a leader, ask your team, make sure, guys, you don't sit there all the time. Get away from that computer. Move. You know, go do something that refuels your own energy thing. So you want to separate work and life activities. You want to have some kind of a daily schedule. Yes. Um, and then take breaks to socialize. I mean, we're now here and, you know, we've got the, the virtual happy hours. There's one company. I love this idea. In the morning, they virtually call, quote, the team together, and it's called Heavy Brew Tiful Morning, B-R-E-W, Heavy Brew Tiful Morning. Oh, wow. You bring your cup of coffee or tea or whatever, and you're sitting there and you're saying, good morning. You're having, so it's a brew tiful morning and how checking in with everybody. And how are you doing? The other thing you, again, I think is say, as we're going through this, begin to identify ideas that you have. Uh, and share them with each other of what we're doing that we don't need to do. Uh, what is some value added that we could do? You know, begin to collect. This is a great time for creativity. Really a great time for creativity. As as we're seeing, how are people, um, what's uh, what's his name? Um, shoot, he was on The Office and he has YouTube. It's called Steve Carell. Good News. Oh, are you talking oh, about no, uh, no. John Wick? Uh, Kowinski, Kaczynski. That's it. That's it. You know, what I love is what that shows is people being creative in the environment in which they are. And that's like a family holding family Olympics in the backyard to, you know, he had another couple who were getting married. In fact, I'm going to pitch him an idea. 
I can figure out how to get in touch with him. And if you know, you can tell me. My next door neighbor's daughter had, she had daughter and son-in-law had their 15th wedding anniversary. Well, they were supposed to be in Mexico uh, on one of these, you know, lovely resorts in which the, the, the unit was out across the water and the fish were swimming by. Well, it was all canceled. So creative. The husband got the two kids, ages, I think, six and 10. He put a board over there. They have like a little whirlpool outside of their house. Mm-hmm. Didn't tell the wife, put the beach umbrella up there, put deck chairs on the board over that. And so when Kristen came in, here were the children. They One was they were dressed up as though they were from Mexico. One of them was holding the... Um, the glasses that looked like it would have a margarita or something in it. And they recreated in their backyard as a surprise to mom, what mom and dad would have had on their 15th wedding anniversary. Wow. Isn't that, I think that's wonderful. And the kids got involved. All of this is to say that as a leader, as individuals, find times to say, how can I creatively manage this? That's not to say you can't ignore the financial implication of what's happening. Right. That's and, another thing is, you know, and there are no easy answers on that one. There's not. And it, it's it, like everybody's been saying, it's just an unorthodox situation that we're in. And it's, it is, it, it's, it's yeah. difficult and we're in, and we hope that we get through it as fast as possible, as safe as possible. And, I hope that businesses can take what you have said with the human energy and use that because it's so important to have that energy during these times, not only for yourself, but to feed others that are with you, are a part of your team and are a part of your goal yeah. uh, to make sure yeah. that you guys get there. Um, let, go ahead. Yeah. Let, let me add one other thought to that from a leader's perspective. And it doesn't, and by the way, everyone has a leadership role. I don't care where you are. Everyone has a sphere of influence. So everyone has a leadership role that they can choose to play is the ability to reframe. And the ability to reframe is saying, how can we think of it like a picture frame? Instead of looking at one way and how many different ways, this is one of the skills I teach, adaptability. How many different ways can we look at this? Um, And don't discard anything. Just like the the young couple on their 15th wedding anniversary, he reframed it. He said, we can't go to Mexico. How is a different way that we can look at this? And it is, it is often being able to hold two very different thoughts in our head that can help us get through. And the more we speak of that, it helps, it helps those around us. I think one of the greatest examples was Apollo 13. Um, Now, uh, Tom Hanks made that movie, but there are a number of us who were living at Apollo 13. Everything that went wrong with that space mission went wrong. Everything, everything. And the engineers, you know, in in mission control are going nuts. They're going nuts. They're trying, can we do this? Can we do this? And we're saying, we can't do this. We can't, we're never going to be able to get them back. And Gene Krantz, who was the head of mission control at the time, the engineers are running into, they said, we've done it, we don't, there's nothing, we can't do anything more, this is it. He looked at them and said, 
and this might be our finest hour. We can do this. He reframed it for them. Wow. I had the opportunity, a wonderful opportunity years ago to actually have James Lovell, the commander of that, that mission, um, as a seatmate coming back on a flight. Um, and I think that's an incredible story of a leader saying, I'm going to reframe this. And of course, we know they got them back. Um, so the ability to reframe is really important. Wow. It goes right along with being able to have that human energy to do that. Um, because yeah. if, if you don't have that human energy and you're not focused forward, that's going to be a very, very difficult task yeah. to reframe and rethink and think creatively uh, for the outcome of your business. Right. Wow. All right. You're amazing. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it, why do you say that? Well, because here's it's it's tough. It's very tough for people. And I I I do I balance myself now, but in the beginning I was every day I was listening to news, I was reading about businesses, I was uh, I was trying to keep in touch with everything that's going on. And I saw the difficulties and I saw how people through not having human energy, couldn't think. They couldn't think of a solution, so they gave up. They mm. closed their uh, restaurant down. When when a restaurant beside them decided to say, "Well, we have to deliver," and they mm. created an, they created a solution because they were thinking forward. They had that human energy, and the one beside them didn't. Um, mm. And your inspiration, you talking about human energy and you talking about how people can use that is something that it's just, I, I think it's amazing to tap on during hard times. It, it is mm -hmm. very difficult and yeah. you're very inspiring with that and, oh, you're, and you. you're very strong with that. And, and, and this is why I think you're amazing and I think you're incredible. <laughs> so I thank you. Thank you. You made, you made my day. <laughs> you, made, you made my day. You know, let me share just one. This was a, a story that was in, um, I think it was a USA Today. Uh, and it was, it's about a small meat uh, processing plant outside of Portland, Oregon, uh, that normally sells very high-end quality meats to restaurants in Portland. And I mean, this—they've got you know—they've got all their 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 meat. To, they've got the stuff coming in, and they had very expensive cuts of meat that were already out, going to restaurants. That oh my god, what are we? We're gonna lose. We're gonna lose everything. And and he called his son, and the son could hear the despair in the dad's voice because this is a this is a family-run business. It's been there for a long time, and what they came up with is they all that meat that should have gone to the restaurant. They literally did an online sale. I don't know how they figured that out, but they they sold all that meat online so they didn't lose and have to throw out that meat. And the son came up with this idea, well, let's do an online sale of meat. Wow. I don't know how quite, I don't know whether they just did it in the local area. I have no clue how that worked, but in any event, and that was just this morning with someone saying, okay, let's, okay, let's think of another another thing to do with this that's incredible that's see that's that's that human energy that's thinking forward yeah. that's not giving up that's finding that's saying that okay i started this and i'm gonna keep moving forward and there's yeah. no way i'm gonna let it end here and yeah. It's, yeah. that's just yeah 
I, there's and there's so many like there's so many stories out there right now that people are seeing on the news that are negative. But if people really look into and and go to Google and read about companies that are doing things and people that are doing, there are so many more stories of people becoming a community, not only within business but as in people and yeah. coming together and working. The yeah. other day, my wife was telling me, well, Twitter just decided to fully let their people work from home. Well, they found a new realm, and that's that's amazing. They they found that mm-hmm. their yeah. uh, their employees don't have to drive two hours back and forth to work, and be dis- already stressed <laughs> because they have to drive an hour or two to work, and get to work and not be as optimal or efficient because they are under already stress. They they found that not having to deal with things like that allows a company to be more optimal. All right, so Eileen. How can people find out more about this human energy and find out more about you? Okay. So the best way to find out about me is to go to my website. And you can go to www.theresiliencygroup.com. Or you can also go through my name, Eileen, E-I-L-E-E-N, MacDar is M-C-D-A-R-G-H.com. You can find me there. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also find me on Amazon. You'll find the, the book that's coming out in August will be there on Amazon. Um, and everything you ever wanted to know about me, and probably too much, is on our website. Eileen, I want to thank you so much for coming on and giving us inspiration and giving us this human energy. I'm going to put all those links on your episode so people can get in touch with you and find out more and listen to more of those words and how they can tap into human energy. That's great. And I'm here to I'm here to serve. And if some point in time somebody wants to hire me to do it, that's great too. <laughs> Let's make that happen. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. Great. Take ha- care. Have a great one. Bye-bye.